time when film criticism is as provocative as ever, Feelin' Film ventures to change the discussion from what we hate about a film to what we love about it. We judge more on emotional experience than technical merit, because every movie makes us feel something. Welcome, listeners, to the Feelin' Film Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, and to celebrate Alien Day... I've assembled a ragtag crew of horror film fanatics and podcasters for a roundtable discussion about Alien and the franchise it has spawned. So without further ado, let me introduce you to our guest hosts for this very special episode. Starting off, we have Reed Lackey, returning guest host from our Blair Witch episode and host of the Fear God of Fear of God podcast. Welcome back, Reed. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm glad to uh, finally get you back on. I've been wanting to do that for a while, and you went and started up your own show on me and got busy. I know, right? Well, me and Nathan, we just we uh, we love ourselves the scary. Anytime you have a conversation about anything remotely scary, I'm I'm always listening and I'm happy to join. Excellent. Next up, we have Blake Collier, another returning guest from our Heller Highwater and Get Out episodes. Blake is a host of the recently resurrected The Body and the Blood podcast and is frequently a contributor on many other horror sites as a writer. Thanks for making this work last minute, Blake. I know you had to do that, and we're pumped to have you. Who are you people? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. No. No, I'm, I'm super glad to be back. Well, we are, I, you know, I've been wanting to have you guys on together for a long time. So this is a great opportunity to do that. <laughs> and last but not least, we have our good friend, J.R. Foresteros, a first time guest and host of the Don't Split Up and the Story Men podcasts, among many others. J.R., so glad to, uh, wait a second. Wait, guys, I don't think J.R. is here. Did, did, did J.R.? Did JR split on us? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Evidently his podcast is is now called uh yeah, maybe we better split up. I think that I think so. I think he's uh retitled it completely and uh taken a a horror aspect or a horror trope and and decided to leave us stranded here while he ran for safety. He went off looking for Jonesy. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, um, in all seriousness, uh, Jr. unfortunately had something come up last minute and couldn't be with us. I know he's bummed. I know he really was excited about this and wanted to be here. Um, we're sad that he's not here, but he will be with us for the companion episode when we get together to talk about Alien Covenant. So you guys will get to hear from him then. But in the meantime, do check out his stuff as well. Don't split up Story Men. And like I said, you can... Uh, go find all his work. I think it's on NorvilleRogers.com. You can find all of his plethora of podcasting and writing that he does. This guy never sleeps. so um, Except apparently right now when we're trying to actually have podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, jokes aside, uh, quick spoiler ruin uh, warning. We will be discussing Alien, the movie, in depth, uh, and potentially spoiling all of the other films in the franchise to include Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, AVP, and AVP Requiem, and Prometheus. Um, some of those we may not really get into anything that would be considered a major spoiler, um, but uh, these guys are already ready to go, by the way. I see Dukes being put up. Um, some of these films, we're going to have it out, I think. But uh, <laughs> but just in case, you know, I wanted to put that out there so that everybody is aware that this is meant to be a celebration of today, 
April 26th, uh, based on the planet LV-426, which my daughter, by the way, guys, I was telling her about how Alien Day was April 26th, and she said, why is it, why is that Alien Day? That doesn't make any sense. And so I told her, I was like, well, it's, you know, based on the planet, LV-426 is where they discovered, you know, the first alien, and she was like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> See, because that doesn't, that's not a date, that's just a number. You could do that for anything. And that's like... <laughs> that sounds like something those 4chan guys came <laughs> up with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, you're being way too logical, Ashlyn, way too logical. But um, yeah, today is Alien Day, and so we are just going to talk about everything to do with this series as we progress through this episode uh, leading up to our feelings and excitement over the coming soon Alien Covenant. So to get started, I just want to talk quickly about our feelings on Alien, like the main the main movie, the one that started off this whole franchise and kind of how this franchise has affected you or been a part of your lives. Uh, so Blake, why don't you go first? So I recall seeing, I believe it was either the first or the second alien first, uh, when I was, Oh, I was probably 12, 13, 14, maybe when I first saw it, cause my parents were huge action fans and that meant anything from people to aliens to, uh, monsters like Predator, you know, just whatever it was. If there was action, uh, we were we were usually going to it. So I I remember seeing one of the two, but I don't remember which one came first. Um, so for the longest time, I I actually scrambled a lot of the parts of the first two movies into the same movie um, until just within the last well, three or four years when I kind of went back and to these and kind of got myself straight on uh, what was involved in each one um but the first alien is just it's a masterpiece uh by all stretch of imagination ridley scott uh has a moment where he's just he's able to basically describe more than prescribe and whenever a movie is able to do that and do it well, that that actually means that the film's probably going to come out a lot better and uh, lasting a lot more kind of throughout the year. So um, whenever you're kind of looking at the hazy cinematography and the uh, <laughs> the constant scares, the the jump scares uh, before back when they were still new. Um, you know, the chest uh, popping scene, among others, uh, in, in that first film are just astounding. Like, they still uh, get me every time, and I know what's going to happen every time I watch it. And yet, I'm still crying because it's John Hurt, and he, no one should kill John Hurt. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's the the first film is, is one of my favorites. Uh, each film after that has a uh, an increasingly decayed existence within my life and and so um and it's it's nearly in order uh so <laughs> alien is easily the first and it kind of just goes downhill from there um i'll i'll have some mix up at the very end of of the line there but um <clears throat> yeah it's it, it's pretty much the gratification is is dwindling uh, as each film kind of came along um, but i think as far as the first film man you are hard pressed to find a horror film, a sci-fi film, an action film that is better. Um, and unless we're talking about the thing and then it's better. Um, so fair enough. That's, that, that's another podcast. So. 
<laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it would be. Um, Reed, what about you? What's your history with the series? So I'm I'm remiss to say that I cannot remember where I first saw Alien. So there's a lot of uh, sort of the big ones in my catalog of favorite films that uh, I have distinct memories of where I saw it for the first time or, or roughly where I experienced it the first time. I don't know where I encountered Alien first, but I do remember that it's one of those films that as time has gone on, its esteem has grown for me. So I would, you know, initially maybe say, oh, yeah, that's probably in my top 100. And then I would eventually go to, yeah, that that might make a top 50. Well, in my recent, you know, uh, big favorite movie list that I did, Alien landed at number 25. It is my 25th favorite film of all time. Uh, I think it's absolutely outstanding. Um, I enjoy showing it to people who have never seen it. Because I think that for a film that is now, you know, well on, you know, uh, I think it's just creeping up to its 40th anniversary. Am I getting that right? Um, And so so it's almost 40 years old and still has this visceral power that I think uh, because of some of its understated moments, because even though there are some some jumps and um, some sleights of hand that Ridley Scott employs, um, he just does so in a very organic way and it's very i always think this whenever i watch alien particularly the first one that i miss god bless cgi they're doing some incredible things but i miss practical sets every time i watch alien i feel that way where i say this this is a film that that just oozes with craft somebody just you know uh, the artistry of being able to create this this alien planet and the spaceship Nostromo itself and just the claustrophobia of feeling that and yet uh, also being out in the middle of nowhere being out in the vast expanse of space yet still feeling very claustrophobic there's just this just unceasing power that I think it would not surprise me even though that it landed at 25 it wouldn't surprise me as if in future years it landed in top 20 Maybe even top ten. I mean, my top ten, I'm pretty sold on. But it's it's such a a powerful film that I'm amazed at the films like Alien, which do not lose their power the more times I see them. That the more times I see Alien, I find something new to appreciate, something new to value. And I uh, I would say a similar thing, even though that's not what we're talking about right now. I would say a similar thing for Aliens. Uh, I would not say the same thing for the rest of the franchise, but just just honing in. On Alien itself, I think Alien is a a masterpiece of claustrophobic science fictiony horror. I think it's primarily horror. Its horror elements far outweigh its science fiction elements. That's it's really ultimately a creature feature. It is as I, I made this joke to a friend of mine. It is every bit as much science fiction as Creature from the Black Lagoon is. I mean, there's really no you know straightforward science happening here. It's a it's a monster movie and a a really really good one. Well, th- that's awesome. I mean i I have a little bit of a disagreement there. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, I haven't even given my initial thoughts, and I'm ready to disagree about the uh, science fictionness of it. But we'll we'll, we'll come be, back to that. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> but uh, so well, I'm gonna I'm hold gonna my, come... hold my drink. Somebody hold my drink. <laughs> oh man, we haven't even got through intros, and we're gonna we're gonna argue. <laughs> we're gonna argue over how great it is or how it's great. That's just silly. <laughs> but um, so my my introduction is kind of similar to yours, Blake. As far as watching it when I was young, I was younger. I was probably seven or eight, nice. and I didn't watch it 
because my parents let me watch it, I hid behind the couch and peered around the corner of the couch watching this movie. And I got so terrified when the chest busting scene happened that I ran into my room and was crying in my bed when my parents came in to check on me and find out what the heck that sound was and asked me what was going on and what 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 was crazy about it and i was like well you know you know i was watching the movie and it scared the living crap and i mean they're like well yeah that's why we're watching it when you're in bed um so i learned and was was i was terrified of it like right off the bat and i didn't actually revisit it until i mean gosh it was well into my 20s i would say uh because i remembered it being so terrifying and i couldn't shake that feeling that i kind of had from my past knowing that you know it probably wouldn't have affected me the same way as an adult i still just couldn't do it and eventually i did and i loved it and i sought out the rest of the series um now going past aliens and of course prometheus the rest of the the movies so alien 3 4 uh avp and requiem those four i had not seen until the last year uh, I just had never, oh. never felt the need to seek them out. I had a roommate who was obsessed with Predators. And so we were going through watching the entire Predator filmography. And uh, so these two came up and we watched them as part of that. I had zero expectations going into them, but I will <laughs> we'll come back to that too. Um, <laughs> but but going back to Alien, um, the more I watch it, like you said, Reed, I, I feel more and more powerful about it. Um, it was easily in my top 20 or so. Uh, the last time I did my list and I had just published a new top 100 list for the first time ever. I expanded mine uh, just this past Woo-hoo. week. Yeah, it was, it was fun, but it was crazy. And alien is number eight for me. I mean, it, it oh. has, it has supplanted blade runner as oh. my favorite huh. science fiction. Huh. Don't get me started on blade. Runner. I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> it's way too close to a Denis Villeneuve film for you. Um, and we know how that goes. So, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I, I fell in love with alien completely. The, the atmosphere of it, the, the tone of it. And I actually didn't, I, I was so busy comparing aliens to it that I didn't have a love for aliens until recently. And Hmm. I was able to kind of watch them separately and really appreciate one of my favorite things about the series, which is the different directors. Um, and the fact that they've had these different visions come in and play with this universe. And I think that's really unique uh, in the world of film today. And it's, it's, you know, it's got its positives and it's got its negatives, but um, it's, interest- it's interesting to see those different things about them. So let's start then with the, the science conversation. Let's go back there. Um, you said yes, you said you don't feel like it's very science fiction-y, and Blake, you agreed. I got to say... Anytime there is an android involved, it's science fictiony. Oh, I'm not. I'm not arguing that it's not definitely genre sci-fi. Okay. I mean, I mean. So, so I apologize first of all for interrupting you. Second of all, uh, just to clarify my my position, I feel like you can have like Back to the Future is technically science fiction, but it it because it deals with time travel, but it operates kind of more like a fantasy it's it's general story and narrative structure operates more like a fantasy um whereas you know uh something like 2001 that's 
science fiction. Like right. 2001 is dealing with ideas and it's dealing with possibilities and it's dealing with how technological advancements are going to influence possibilities and ideas. Um, with Alien, you could easily have a similar storyline take place on this on this planet with like an uncharted island in the 20s. And yes, it, you'd have some mental gymnastics to sort of leap through those hoops, but it would be possible in the right hands and still have the same basic story. So for me, for it to be science fiction, you would not be able to remove the sci-fi elements or take the same story and put it in another place and it still be considered science fiction. Just to defend my well, my well position. And, and if you think about it, Alien, while superior than most of uh, the slasher films, is basically a slasher film with a creature in space. I mean, you're seeing each character get picked off one by one, and there's a final girl. I mean, that's that's <laughs> kind of the basic concept of, of yes. what's going on in Alien. Now, it's they add in sci-fi and they add in uh, elements like that, but the the narrative structure is, is pretty much the same as Black Christmas and Halloween at that point, um, which are both just prior uh, to Alien. So, uh, they, I mean, yeah, I, I would still say I would still classify it as I'm I'm not going to get upset if someone says it's largely sci-fi uh, because yeah, me either. I can I I can make the case for it, um, but I I personally do find it to be a little bit more along the lines of structurally as as, as horror. I can um, I can so, buy that. Yeah, I, yeah, I I can buy that. I can I can land there, for sure. I I uh, I do like the attempts at making technology in this film yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very much so. Things like Ash, um, things like right. the the hyper chamber, you know, uh, for sleeping, um, it, which is of course, you know, it's very interesting because that's how Ripley ends up escaping you know, at the end is by putting herself back into sleep. Um, even though she's putting her trust in something that initially is the same constant, same, same company, the same type of technology that brought her to this planet. Um, and, and, you know, now she's back in the same predicament, of course. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally can see what you're saying there, you know, and I agree with your general point it, just because it's in space doesn't make it science fiction. A lot of people make that incorrect distinction. Same thing with Star Wars. Star Wars to me is not science fiction. It's science fantasy. It's a completely different right. different type of genre. I mean, yeah. you could almost you could almost make the point that that Alien is just a filmmaking why like the, the the technical aspects of Scott's filmmaking uh, tied in with the acting and all that make it a superb version of this. But you can tie it down to basically three three films. You can tie it down to uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey, mm. uh, Halloween, or something that that narrative structure, a, a slasher of sorts, and then a creature feature of of sorts. You tie all those things together, you have Alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's because I don't know about y'all, but the filmmaking, um, while not as abstract and mystifying as 2001, uh, is very similar. There's a lot of kind of uh camera tricks and haziness and kind of a sense of suffocation that oh. is present mm-hmm. in both of them. And so, yeah, that's, it's very, it's very telling of, of 2001 for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. The atmosphere in general is just so stellar and top notch. And I think I gravitate toward that when it comes to horror films, some of my absolute favorite ones are all about 
that sense of dread. And, you know, Alien gives us that in spades. I mean, we're talking about the movie that, that what is it, 50 minutes or so into this film before we see an alien, uh, before, oh, yeah. we, before anything actually is happening. Um, it's just this buildup, this slow buildup, this fear that you really feel with the characters. Mm-hmm. And the, the way that the camera acts throughout it, enhances that you know just the angled shots throughout the corridors of the nostromo are iconic um and they're just so well done you kind of gives you that sense of like hey i don't even know what's around that corner (laughs) and i don't know if i want to know what's around that corner every time you're moving um and i so i really enjoy the atmosphere even though it puts me through the ringer every time i watch it like i know what's coming (laughs) i know what's i know what's coming and what's not coming but yet I, i feel like something should be still and I, that's that's a pretty expertful or masterful um piece of filmmaking yeah yeah the uh the scene with well you already warned about spoilers so uh, dallas's death scene mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. still one of the most affecting for me because he's stuck in that little he's stuck in that little tube and you just the way that scene is constructed is so brilliant to me because they're they're watching it coming like they're watching it get close to him and they're like oh it's 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 right by you it's like it's like right above you or right below you it's it's right it's right near there and he keeps looking around doesn't see it and when the flashlight finally comes and the xenomorph like reaches out for him i i freak out every single time i see that moment mm-hmm. because i'm yeah. i'm borderline claustrophobic as it is and it's so shadowy in there the only light emanating is from his uh, little light and it was it's just a brilliantly constructed horror scene yeah that that little light of his she shouldn't have let that shine that's for sure <laughs> uh, I <bet> a bushel. <laughs> <laughs> so you know fear is a huge concept of it obviously and you know you see it right there you see dallas being afraid you see lots of characters having to go through this this period of kind of facing their fears before their death. They're not necessarily caught off guard uh, completely. And one of the things that I've tried to do in recent watches, and I don't know if you guys have ever picked up on this, so I'm asking you if you have, uh, but have you ever thought about the alien as being afraid or the alien as being the one that's in a place with this different species that, that it's not comfortable or it doesn't know. Um, and maybe it's just trying to survive and control its environment. And these humans are just in the way. That's one of the things I love about this series. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you could, you could almost say that, that the, that them going in and messing with the atmosphere of the aliens habitat was started the whole ordeal. So they went into an animal's terrain, and the animal was being defensive uh, towards the terrain, and and that meant attacking them, uh, literally with a face hugger. Um, and then also, uh, just whenever you feel like you're being threatened, you have to, you know, attack the threat. And so, I, I think you could easily make that case that that it, it if we if we were take if we were to take the alien as nothing more than animal instinct and not as some higher form of intellect or anything like that, which I think as the films go on, they try to bring in uh, communication between the aliens and things like that uh, to lesser, lesser, lesser degrees. 
Um, but I think at, at the beginning, it's it's very primal. It's very uh, it's very animal, and in, in the way it's it's uh, uh, approaching the people in the ship and attacking them. And so I think that case actually could it's a really good case uh, to be made, and that um, the fear goes both ways. It's just that. Um, the beast, the nature that is red and tooth and claw is going to overpower us uh, much as animals in our actual real nature can often overtake us. And so. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And I think, um, I think that there's, there's so many things going on in this movie. I mean, that's, that's why I have it at number eight, right? I mean, you're not going to be there just being a one note film for mm-hmm. me at least. Um, and I think the company is like Waylon Yutani is almost as much of a monster in this film series. And we start to see that right here. Mm. You know, we start to see that we're, we're working for this group and we don't, we don't know anything about them, the crew. They don't know anything about what the company's real motivations are. They don't know what the company's um, desires and what their morality is like. You know, they're just, they're kind of, at the whim of this, this organization. And, you know, you almost have to fear it as much or more than the alien. Our, our poor humans, they're, they're really just, they're just stuck. <laughs> and, uh, and going forward, that starts to really present itself even further. Of course, as, as time goes on, we see, um, you know, we see it start here with, with uh, the company talking to Ash and, and really saying, listen, we want to keep this creature. So what are your thoughts on that and the idea of should we should we be wanting to let's let's assume for a second that this is this is real life. Now we don't know anything about this creature, but have you both seen the movie Life? Yes. yes. Okay. So You mean uh pretending to be alien? Uh right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, sorry. Calvinism so, so the movie. True, <laughs> <laughs> um it is true. Absolutely. But let's let's say that's what's going on, right? So we've discovered this life on another planet. How do you think we should handle that? And is it happening the right way in Alien? Like is this act- are are the characters making decisions that are logical? That's my question. Um I would say that I think the, the the crew of Nostromo are making decisions that that are are logical for salvage a salvage crew. You know that that uh, that they're essentially out there, you know, uh, basically picking up whatever they can find along the way because they've been hired to do so. And then uh, when they when they realize the threat, they're very much like, "What's the best way we can get rid of this threat without harming ourselves?" You know, the only reason they don't try to blow it away is because this acid blood thing. You know, but they're very much on board. The crew of Nostromo is very much early on on board of like, "We've got to get rid of this thing. We either have to contain it or we have to destroy it somehow." Um, and I think that's logical. I think that the the Whale and Utani thing it it really speaks to not to get super heavy, super fast, but it really speaks to sort of the arrogance that humanity has as sort of the, um, the uh, proprietors of nature, where we, we feel like we are um, utterly able to control uh, and utterly above reproach for anything that, that is 
you know, either out there on another planet or even sometimes here on our own planet, um, I think there's a there's a tremendous arrogance that says like, hey, we'll we'll find this thing, we'll domesticate it, and then we will, you know, use it for our benefit for mm-hmm. for our purposes. Um, and I think that that specific element of the of the Wayland Utani plotline is the problem. I don't think that, and that's one thing that life does a little differently. I know we're not t- specifically talking about life, but that's one thing that life does a little differently is that they very much are beginning with sort of an exploration. Mm-hmm. And I did like that element that it's like, hey, no, we we just want to, we just want to kind of see where this is going to go. It turns out, uh, you know, we've captured this tremendously hideous monster, but um, but that's one thing with with Alien that I feel like. It's it's almost kind of taken some jabs, and given what I know about Ridley Scott, maybe this was intentional. Um, it's kind of taken some jabs at the corporate idea of, you know, this is an asset to us rather than a living, breathing creature with its own sort of um, uh, instincts and goals. You know, we've already talked about. I don't know if I totally. You guys have made a really good case, and I'm not going to argue against it about the alien sort of being in a position of equal fear to the crew of Nostromo. I've never really seen it that way, but I think you guys made a really good case for that. That having been said, um, this creature is definitely has its own individual ambitions and goals aside from whatever the crew wants to do. Like it, it's just like, Nope, I'm going to take this guy out. Then I'm going to take this guy out. I'm going to procreate. I'm going to do all the things that I need to do to continue the propitiation of my species, you right. know? Um, and that's something that I think, uh, the Wayland Utani group to believe that they would be able to to harness that um, is is just terribly arrogant. But that's that's as old as you know that's as old as Prometheus. <laughs> you know, not not the film, the the ancient myth. You know, yeah. that's as old as people saying that they will be able to to harness the power of the gods without uh, to quote a completely different excellent creature feature uh without the discipline that it took to obtain it yeah so would you have let him in back in the nostromo it's a tough call because uh, (laughs) not knowing what what happens because you you almost you have to try and detach yourself logically speaking with knowing what happens in the film up to the point where you're infected and now you have to make the call. And this happens again in Prometheus. Um, yeah. Or I guess before in Prometheus. Um, <laughs> it's, it's confusing. But, you know, w- was that the right decision? Because there's I an mean, argument in the film. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Blake because I've been talking for a while. But my vote is, like, honestly, if I'm on that crew, I'm I'm too humanitarian. I would probably have done the stupid thing and let the darn thing in. Just... Yeah because that's how I'm framed as a human being. Um, I, I think Ripley's right, <laughs> but, but I probably uh, would have been the guy that let him in. I would have been. I'm going to take a harder line and say uh, that even if I knew what was going to happen, I still would have let him in. Mm. I mean, it's, it's my duty. Uh, okay. It's my crew at that point. Like, I feel like, yeah, well, we shouldn't have gotten ourselves in the, in this mess in the first place we should have been a little more careful on how to approach this and we should have not trusted the computer and or ash maybe we should have questioned him a little bit more as to why he was on this mission and and things like that so there's a lot of things that led up to this decision which was not in and of itself a bad decision 
but with little information, as little information as we kind of come to find out what they had. Um, there's some things that they might have been able to do to avoid this outcome. And, and so I think as someone who is, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a pragmatic person. I'm not a uh, uh, one of those person who says, you know, sacrifice the one to save the many. Like, I, I still think that one has value. And if it's part of my crew and it's it's someone I've I've said that I was going to take care of and try to keep alive, then I'm going to do what I can. So and, you know, if the consequences are such that we all die, well, um there are some choices that led up to that that we could have made that were a little different. So, <laughs> awesome. Well, then I think we all three are in agreement because I would I would actually fall probably close to where you're at, Blake. Um, in that knowing full well what the outcome might be, I I want to I want to tell myself that I'd I'd protect myself and that I'd yeah. I'd, I'd be selfish, but I know deep down in my heart that that's probably not what would take place and that I would care more about risking it to save the one as well. And I think, you know, I think, you know, everybody's individual worldview or religious beliefs and faith uh, are going to play into their personal feelings about that. Because, you know, if, if, if life is just this series of moments and it's all you got, then yeah, you're going to fight to protect that moment a lot harder at the cost of someone else. Uh, more so and, yeah. than yourself yeah and let's let's be honest like if we're actually in that moment with the visceral fear and oh, yeah. the the the, ex, the anxiety of what's happening like you know we we can take a principled stance uh now that we're safe and cozy but in the midst of that we we, we won't know until we won't know what we're made of until those moments happen and so, so true. um and so that's that's the other side of it but if if I was going to make a really practical uh, decision in that moment, I would have saved uh, I would have saved my crewmate, but I would have tossed Jonesy out of the spaceship. Oh, I knew that was <laughs> going to come at some point. What? Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Tangent here before I move us to our next topic here. Tell me why you are so anti Jonesy. You are a cat, Blake. You have a cat named Ripley. Yes, <laughs> named after Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Right. So why then are you anti Jonesy? Because Jonesy is in on it with the aliens. He's what? What? <laughs> oh my gosh! What? It's clear, you see, Aaron. You see, it's clear. You see Jonesy warning anyone whenever the alien is behind them. No, he just stares at them. He's, He's a like, cat. "Yeah, you're about to get that." Grin, <laughs> grinning like a little mother. <laughs> oh, you guys! Oh, I've been waiting to hear this reasoning. I, uh, I, you I know, mean, I can look, see look, it. Okay, so, okay, I can see the, it. Here, but... Here's the scene. Just look at the scene where uh, I was get it. I was get him confused. John Turturro, right? Um, which scene? Uh, oh, the scene. Uh, where he gets are you talking about in the first Alien? That's uh, yeah, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. I always yeah. get those two people mixed up. So Harry Dean Stanton is about to get killed, and Jonesy is in the pipes, and Jonesy's just staring at him, and he's like, "Oh, he's he looks at the cat, and he's like, it was a distraction." <laughs> It was right behind him. <laughs> you know, you know any other, you know any other cat would have been hissing up a storm mm-hmm. at what he was seeing going on behind yeah. it. But Jonesy's just standing there like, "This is fun. This is <laughs> this is so." Dis- Thanks for giving me that non-organic cat oh. food. 
<laughs> alarmingly accurate at what you're saying, but I. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this, my one of my favorite scenes of Aliens is the opening scene because I because Jonesy is in hyperchamber with with Ripley and I adore that. I just think it's just the sweetest thing. Uh, but now you're putting a whole different spin on it. Now it becomes like a horror <laughs> moment for me. I mean, oh, I'm sitting. Yeah. I have three cats and they're all staring at me right now, and and I'm a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. That's what they want you to think. Oh Aaron. my goodness! Listen, gracious. listen. Science has proven that if cats were bigger. They would eat us. That's, <laughs> they would not tolerate any of our nonsense. That's you cat a- lovers and you cat owners know this. They would not tolerate any of our BS. If they were bigger, they would eat us. <laughs> they would say, I'm sorry, who are you? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know it's uh, true. Well, that's a perfect segue-ish to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I wanted to talk just briefly about before we wrap up our alien conversation. I want to talk about community because outside of the the horror aspects of this film and the fear and the atmosphere and all of the stuff around the zine, the, the brilliant design of the xenomorphs, oh my um, gosh, which we could we could just rave about um, Geiger's development of this this concept is it, it, the idea of alien to me that that makes it so touching is the community. And that's what has me excited about Alien Covenant, I think, the most, is the trailers of showing this community. You know, we open with these scenes of just the crew, just being a crew, just talking. It's a couple's cruise. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, they just, they have all these different personalities. And they're just, being a Navy veteran who's been on deployments before for six months, have been out in the ocean for, you know, 45 to 60 days without touching on land. And I, I understand these relationships. So when I see them, they really connect with me. Um, I, you know, you don't know everything about that person next to you. You know some things about their personality. Um, and those are the things that you are discovering, you know, throughout this time. And that's what this film kind of gives us. It's that playful banter and, and uh, you know, the whole, the whole debate about shares, I just, I think is, is awesome. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. because it, it really reminds you that these guys are they're not out there to find an alien they're just normal people <laughs> they're not this yeah. is not what they were what they were there to do they're not actually just doing heroes. their jobs yeah exactly and i think that kind of bonding is what allows them to be closer and what is ultimately what makes it more tragic for me uh, mm-hmm. in the end because they're not they're not soldiers and so it's mm-hmm. the, the crew there is just a, a slight notch above the aliens crew for me because because of that, but I don't know. What do you guys think about just in general, the community aspect of, of alien? Um, I think, well, one thing that I, it's interesting that you bring up this community thing because I, I see the crew of the Nostromo. Now there's one scene that I want to reference, but I see the crew of the Nostromo more as like these little compartmentalized clicks. I think they are a, a community, but I think there are compartmentalized ones. I don't think it's this sort of uh, homogenous crew that everybody has each other's backs. I think they are all sort of they they've got their their one or maybe their two people that they're very close to, and the rest of the crew they're just like these are the people that I work with. Yeah, I have my friends over here. The rest of these guys are the guys that I work with or the girls that I work with, and and um, so I, I I see kind of I see it kind of more that way. But there's one scene that I think perfectly blends this sense that you're talking about of community and uh, the fear that we've talked about. 
the um so so john hurt's death scene which is mm -hmm. gruesome and horrific and iconic and brilliant and all these other adjective accolades that we could put on it um i don't know if either of you knew this you, you probably did blake might have known this maybe you did too aaron that um all it said in the script in that moment was the thing emerges that's all it said whoa the only person in that room when they there were two people in that room well maybe the the special effects crew that was obvious but the only actors or participants in that scene who knew what was going to happen was john hurt who had to because he had to wear the apparatus mm -hmm. and ridley scott the rest of the crew had no idea what was about to happen the reactions you see filmed on that scene are 100 percent genuine they had no idea what they were seeing yeah. so when that thing pops out of his stomach out of his chest that their reactions are completely authentic mm -hmm. and it's brilliant to see the scene in that context mm. and tying it back to what we were talking about about community i love the build-up right before then because they're happy that he's well they're happy that he's back they are having this wonderful little banter filled meal before they go back into hyperstasis and and then that's the moment that everything we all the audience and the crew realize this is not okay at all everything feels okay it's that community vibe we're talking about everybody's happy and then suddenly whoa things are equivocally not okay <laughs> they're yeah. not okay and um and i think that's again what this film does really really well is it introduces this idea that uh yeah maybe maybe things are going along rather status quo uh maybe you had a stressful week or maybe you had some close calls here or there but everything in general is going to be okay and then all of a sudden the thing emerges yeah. and everything changes the game changes completely uh so i think that scene is is a work of genius yeah so i was just i was just gonna add on and say like i, I think that's I think whenever you look at those compartmentalized clicks, I think that's pretty much human nature in general. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's a normal community, even when the intent is a lot more uh, natural and a lot more kind of cohesive than that. We always find our clicks. Uh, it's just the nature of things. But it always takes either something really joyful or really despairing to bring people together. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. in this case, it is seeing John Hurt explode from the stomach and see their, I mean, they're basically looking their fate in the eye in that moment. Mm -hmm. And they all realize in that moment, the only way we're going to even have a shot at surviving is if we drop our crap and work together. Yeah. And even then we may not survive. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Well, is there anything else that you guys have wanted to talk about or mention about Alien itself before we try to transition a little bit into some of the other films? I don't I don't really want to get into it because it's a very uh, big subject and it's very sensitive, but there's a lot of uh talk that you could kind of dig into about, you know, what what the face hugger impregnating uh John Hurt's character is kind of signifying as far as symbolism and and meaning. And a lot, there's a lot of social commentary that, that can be, you know, really uh, dug into within this film as far as like, oh, rape culture, uh, among other things. Like there's just a lot of really rich material in this film. And uh, I, like I said, I don't, I don't want to get into it on this podcast, but 
if, if you're interested, there's plenty of articles and things about it and really insightful critics who talk about various uh, aspects of that. So I would, yeah. I would just agree. To bring it up. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, it, it's a whole podcast or yeah, two exactly. of it of itself, but <laughs> between the sexual violence and the racial tension and the design oh, yeah. of the alien uh, itself. Yeah. And I mean, all of these things are very intentional yeah. um, and they're fascinating. So yeah, I, I agree with Blake. You know, if you, if you're at all interested in that kind of stuff, check, look that up, go, go to Google, you'll find it, but uh, you can get lost and, and find some really good material. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Moving forward, um, let's let's just uh, try and kind of hit on a little bits of each movie, uh, maybe maybe high points or, or best things. We don't need to go and break them all down in in detail. Um, starting with Aliens, I- I'll jump jump in here and just say that um, you know Aliens, upon my most recent rewatch, moved way up in my top one hundred. I-, I used to, I said at the beginning of the show, how I used to really, it, it was. It was lessened because of my love for Alien and my preference for the atmosphere of Alien versus yeah. the war film aspect of Aliens. But in this most recent viewing, I really set that aside and I decided I'm going to watch this as a, a war film, um, much much mm. like uh, people may have watched Star Wars Rogue One, right? I'm going to watch this not as a Star Wars movie. I'm going to watch this as a war film. And... I got to tell you, Aliens was amazing <laughs> this time around. Oh, yeah. Uh, community hit home for me in this one again uh, as well, even though it wasn't quite the same. The the the, the, the colonial Marines in this are just have a fantastic relationship with each other. Um, yeah. And I really loved it. I mean, I think it's in my top 25. I think I moved it up to like 24. I mean, I, I just mm. adored this movie this time around. And I really found this place where – they both perfectly exist within this universe. And and it's, it is mind blowing to me that that can happen, that two different directors with two completely different tonally films can have a connective story and they can both be that good. So for me, aliens is just, I mean, like we're splitting hairs uh, when it comes to how good it is compared to the original alien. But what do you guys, how do you guys feel about aliens? Aliens for me is, is basically what Alien would have been if it if the intent had been action instead of horror slash sci-fi. Um, so I'm I grew up on action films of the '80s. Um, so really, if you kind of go back and you kind of place it within the scope of of '80s action in general, you'll see a lot of ties. I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities between that and your typical kind of real more quote unquote realistic action films. Um, of that time period. So on that level, I, I enjoy aliens. Um, I think a lot of my, I, I still think it's a great film, nowhere near my placement of alien, but that's because I'm a horror guy in general. Um, I, I think a lot of my decay has come in seeing what has become of Cameron's career since. Okay. Um, I, 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 it's funny like this is this is not fair uh but it's something that happens <laughs> is that like whenever you start to see kind of the the um the strand of thought and like the the philosophy behind a certain director as he goes through his filmography you start to see threads of what he likes to do and and kind of the 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 philosophies he he digs into and so as i've seen cameron and i've 
liked his movies less and less as as the years have gone by. I've started to see some of the connective tissues and reflect them back on aliens. And I see some of those elements kind of in their origin stages uh, in aliens. And I don't think it takes away the entertainment value of the movie, but for me, it's it's a little stained uh, because I'm starting to see every, a lot of what I don't like about James Cameron as a director in Aliens. And unfortunately, it has kind of ruined elements of the film. But I would still say it's pretty high up there uh, within the scope of, of the franchise. Yeah, I... I'm kind of with Blake on this that um, that like in general, uh, I don't have the the specific uh, I'd be very curious off mic or some other time, Blake, to dive into your to mm-hmm. your Cameron uh, dislike. But just because mm-hmm. I'm curious, not because I'm a huge Cameron apologist, but yeah. um, I think uh, if somebody were to come to me and say, like, hey, I think Aliens is a better film than Alien, I disagree with them, but I'm not probably going to argue with them. I think that's a. I think the films are so distinctly wonderful in their specific yeah. niches, in their genre staples. They are so effective. I love that Cameron took a film that never intended to have a sequel, conceived one, and executed it so brilliantly mm-hmm. that it yeah. feels so organic. It feels like Alien set up for the sequel, and yeah. that was never the intention. And that's that's a feat in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's remarkable about Aliens. I will say, uh, so Alien makes number 25. Aliens is not on my top 250 films. So so Alien is, in my esteem, much higher than Aliens. But my favorite moment in the franchise is in Aliens. And I know it's cliche to mention it, but it's get away from her, you... I mean, like that, that moment (laughs) is, that moment is one of the best moments in the entire franchise. It is organically built up to, it is wonderfully executed Mm -hmm. because it's in that moment. I love it when films suspense, action, horror, anything. I love it when films really take our characters to a place where I, as the audience member, feel like there's no way they're going to get out of this. Like there's no way that they can be like, the 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 villain the monster the creature the enemy whatever has gotten the upper hand like they've completely gotten the upper hand and that's that moment prior to it you know they've got newt um bishops in half hicks is essentially out of commission everything is just completely decayed and then all of a sudden the doors open and ripley's standing right there it is effective it gives me chills even thinking about it in this conversation it's a wonderfully executed uh, sort of thrill-packed payoff to everything that you've seen from that character before, because that character in the first film is running scared, smart, sharp, reactionary, uh, but but running scared. So to see her, and can we pause for a second and acknowledge to see her, like you've got Michael Bean as Hicks, you've got an android, mm-hmm. but but the hero there, yeah, is is a girl, is a is a a, a really strong, independent actualized woman who's taking the reins literally and and doing away with this monster it's it's a really effective moment it's a it's a it's a powerful moment to me aliens itself as a film is very enjoyable it's immensely enjoyable uh for a number of scenes we don't have time to mention but if for that scene alone i would say that that's it's it's an outstanding movie I mean, well, that's, a, that's just a great one. Yeah, and it's a it's a clever callback to some of the the ideas that we mentioned 
at the very end of our discussion of Alien is that oh, there's yeah. all the, the the motherhood of of Ripley in 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 the second in the second film Aliens, and dealing with this idea of mother versus mother. Um, yeah. There's this idea where she's basically calling a woman a bee, you know, and so there's right. this interplay, this interesting interplay of, of of feminism ultimately, which is very much present in Alien as well. Uh, it's it's a nice callback. Um, yeah. And and it was a very smart move on his part to include that line and, and include a few other scenes uh, that he kind of throws in there uh, in various moments. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you 110%. That's one of the, the reasons that I love it so much is that um, I, in general, do not have a strong affinity f- or love for f- female he- action heroes. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. – I mean I'm, I don't mean that as a sexist remark. I just mean that as – I've I've seen it tried many times and it's failed. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there have been decent attempts lately uh, with maybe a Scarlett Johansson at times. Charlize Theron in F8 is very good, but they're, they're very different. They're not physic. The physicality aspect is not usually there. But I think I, I think it'd be interesting to see a, a female action hero franchise done by women. Because yeah. I think that's where yeah. the problem lies. Yeah, no, you're absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. It, it needs to. Agreed. Yeah, it's got to be right. Just, it's got to focus on on you know an understanding of themselves yeah. and, and that we don't have yeah. but it's you're right it's the build-up for me it's the build-up of watching her be an unlikely hero in aliens if not even a hero just a survivor she's literally mm-hmm. just fighting to save her life and then going to now she has something to care about now she has something to protect and the motherly aspect of that that just is built into to the nature of 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 being a female um, created that way. So I, yeah, I love that scene as well. And that's, it's the highlight of that movie for me too. Um, that and, you know, game over, man. No, <laughs> I, I, you know, actually I will say <laughs> rewatching that scene. I kind of cringed a little and I was like, man, why do we quote this all the time? This is, this is oh. pretty cheesy. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's move on. Uh, so we can get through all of these briefly. Okay. So we go from aliens. Now, now these are the two high points. I think we would all agree that these are the two highest points of this franchise. Uh, stop me if I'm wrong when we get there, but, um, so I watched aliens three and four for the first time in the past week. Um, starting with aliens three, Uh, I got you beat. I I watched three and four yesterday. Oh, (laughs) okay. All right. Were you hung over? Why did you do that to yourself? He was preparing. He was being, he was properly Don't ready. Don't tell anyone, but yes. <laughs> well, I had, I had avoided Aliens 3 up until this point because I had heard nothing but bad things. People always joked about how terrible it was and how it didn't belong in the franchise. And I'm not. it was actually listening to you guys in the chat where we were planning this podcast. And you guys said, no, no, give it a watch. It's not, it's not as bad as people say. Um, and I agree having watched it, I, you know, I, I don't think that aliens three is a bad film. I think it is a cr- incredibly different film. Um, once again, with a different director and that was now I get them confused sometimes, but three is Fincher, correct? Fincher. That's Fincher. Okay. Yeah. So clear. Well, and, it, and it was his well, directorial in theory, debut. In theory, it's Fincher. There's a lot right. of well, issues going on there. True. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I actually watched the, the, the lesser Fincher film. Cause I watched the, the assembly cut, the 200 yeah, two hour, that's two and a half hour. Oh. Yeah, um, that's what I watched too. But you know, this one has some interesting things going on. And, and again, it's, it's very different. It's not, 
so much about the horror and it's not so much about the action. This is almost more about the social commentary than anything else. I mean, I really enjoy the religious talk aspect of this one. Um, this idea of these prisoners condemned to death on this planet, just to wait, just, just living out their days working until, you know, until their life sentences, they, they, don't, they don't have any hope. Um, and how they approach battling this, you know, new terror that has come into their lives. Um, because that's a different thing that we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen how people with their background would, would react. And so I didn't mind it. There's, there's quite a bit of scenes or quite a few scenes in this film that I, I did really enjoy. Um, the CG gets a little out of whack for me at times, a little cartoonish and, and not quite as scary and, and viscerally scary. Um, as the other films, but you know, all in all, it wasn't nearly as bad as I was expecting. And I, I like the story progression that has continued throughout the series. Um, what well, I, I do would... not like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to say what I do not like. And what I do not like, I am in the camp that has a little bit of a problem with Bishop and Hicks, not being, being killed off in the prologue of the, the opening intro. Now I know, I don't know if you're nodding or shaking your head at me right now, Reed. Um, so I don't oh, know if I am. Ab- I am absolutely agreeing. Okay. With you. That was actually what I was about to say. So I'll let you keep going. Well, that's, I'll, that's I'll just my big I'll, real quickly and then I'll toss it to you. But, you know, I feel like we have gotten so invested in those characters and that it is a I don't care that they die. I care that you treated them with such little respect to kill mm-hmm. them in an opening intro scene that you know it's just in passing like we don't get to to see anything happen it's like why do you let them go through the terror and the the whole situation of of surviving for an entire film just to to be killed off you know behind the scenes i I do not care for that handling of the situation yeah i couldn't agree with you more i was gonna say and i'll make it brief that just that that film loses me in its opening because it undermines the high that I felt from them getting away at the end of Aliens. If you want to kill them off inside the movie, go ahead and kill them off inside the movie and make me feel it. Make me make me care about it. But to to introduce it and just like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, Hicks and Newton Bishop, yeah, they're all gone. They're all done. what what like really? And then it's cool when we find out why Ripley survives. That part I like. That's that's interesting to me. But I'm like, really? Like, you, you just, you've just nixed. Can you imagine Hicks and Newt? Can you imagine Newt in that prison and the potential, like, plot lines that you could, or, or moments that you could craft and create from oh, yeah. Newt being in that prison, from Hicks being in that prison, now maybe being a surrogate uncle or a surrogate father figure for Newt? Um, like, there was so much potential there. And I don't know if it was a casting choice. I don't know if it was a budgetary choice. I don't know what it was, but they were just like, yeah, how are we going to deal with the fact that Hicks and Bishop and Newt survived? Hey, just kill them. Yeah, so so they just didn't make it. Like, what, really? That does, the, the, the film loses me immediately the moment that it starts. And even everything that comes after that, that I would compliment and that I would agree, like, yeah, it's not as bad as everybody says, but... Um, I, I dislike it so much because I feel like uh, what I'm I'm too acquainted or I'm too enamored with the film we don't get, which I know is not totally fair, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I so this is more this is an actual question for y'all because I, I I only have a glancing knowledge of all the turmoil those are surrounding this film, but 
uh, were were their contracts like were they unwilling to come back for another movie? No, I'd have. I'd, yeah, I'd have to do a little research. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I read a little bit about it recently, and I'm I'm almost positive that they were angry. Um, they were oh, frustrated. Okay. All right, all right, cool. Yeah, so it's, I I mean sometimes sometimes you just have actors who don't want to come back, and you just gotta figure gotta out figure some out way, way. Of ditching them. You know, so I didn't yeah. know if that was the case there. Um, now, now Michael before, yeah. Bean did. I did read some about Michael Bean saying that he wished he would have handled certain things differently because of David Fincher's career and the way it went in the future that he would have liked the chance to work with him later on, oh, <laughs> but he burned yeah. some bridges apparently, um, <laughs> which was an interesting, yeah. interesting take, right? Because, you know, this is, yeah. this is very early freshman David Fincher before we get to the, the best but David Fincher, but you, you say freshman David Fincher, but there are scenes in this film that are, iconically david fincher yeah oh absolutely i mean and and, and so uh fincher of all the directors of the alien films is my favorite period like wow. of, of i would say fincher of over ridley scott over james cameron over um the french guy and i can't ever remember his name <laughs> john <laughs> john something yeah, who, who, who did amelie like i, I yeah. you know yeah. weirdly enough so weirdly enough like the two best films in alien franchise I have a lesser respect for their directors now. And yet the films that were not near as good, I have higher estimation of their directors. Uh, and so um, it's, it's just funny because I, I don't think this movie's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I can tell Fincher scenes when I see them. And so I can tell what parts were his and what parts felt forced. Um, what parts I felt like he, if he had given been given complete control and given free reign over what this was supposed to look like and what the story was going to be, um, I think you would have seen something that looked a little bit closer to hit the rest of his catalog. I, I think Fincher is one of those guys that even in his freshman days he knew what he mm. was aiming for in in the vision and in in kind of his philosophy and and things like that because he does it every single film. And he does it in a really interesting way. Like he's, he doesn't repeat himself, but he riffs on himself uh, in, in every film. And so uh, Fincher is easily, I mean, he, he has one of my favorite all time films of, you know, Zodiac. And so um, mm -hmm. he's, he's easily my favorite director of all these directors, but um, I felt like this movie was one of those films that had a lot of really great ideas and a lot of great concepts that if there hadn't been turmoil behind the camera if there had been more um unity and vision uh with the crew it could have been potentially better than aliens maybe might have gotten to the level of alien mm. um because there's a lot of really unusual things going on in this film like the fact that every single one of these quote unquote monks is a criminal that has done something either serial murder or sexual abuse. Right. Yeah. Which is well, these are not heroes that you want to root for. And yet, so this idea that we're ultimately vying for these people to survive is something <laughs> that you're just not going to see. Like, Name another movie where that's the case. Like I can think of one, and that was The Woodsman. And that was with Kevin Bacon. That was two thousand four. That's, that's the only other film. film I can think of uh, where you're actually rooting for this guy to 
to conquer his demons and to and to fight the good fight. Um, I can't think of any other situation. And then you add in the religious elements of this, which were very strong. I think they were once again underdeveloped. Um, I think um, uh, Charles Durning's role is um, not Durning uh, Dutton. Charles Dutton. Uh, his role is is superb, and he could have really, if get, been given the right script and the right kind of conception of of his character, could have really nailed a a, a character that might have been one for the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as memorable, memorable, yeah. yeah, he is. Well, great. he has he has a past as someone who was a criminal, mm-hmm. like he he knows that life, and so the fact that he can come into a movie like this and, and really just, if it just been a better situation all the way around, I felt like this movie had a lot of potential and could have been in like, we could have had our, our, one of the best trilogies ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's because too bad. Of it's, it's not so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like the matrix matrix went off, off the, off the deep end for me in, in number three as ah. well. So, oh, so no, the, the, it keeps going, right? So we don't stop at the trilogy. We, ah. we keep going <laughs> and alien resurrection aptly named again. We're going to just go on a completely different tonal note uh, and just yeah. keep trying this until we see what lands. This one I did not know until I was watching it that it was written by Joss Whedon. Um, totally felt I told you guys in our chat I thought that I was watching an early draft of of a Firefly with with an alien in it. Um, the dynamics yeah. of the crew, the just the way that this film acts for a very long majority of it felt so mm-hmm. much like Firefly. Um, I, hit or miss for you guys overall. I like it better than Alien Three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's about that's about like that'd probably be the end of my statement. Take that for what it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I, you know, you get you get Alien and you get Aliens, and then you have Alien Three and Resurrection, like hovering somewhere in the dugout, going, "When can we play?" You know, and and I think Alien Resurrection is a little bit more fun. I I tell you what I like more is I like more what they do with Ripley in Resurrection. I think I think the things that they do with Ripley are very interesting, and I think that was an interesting place to take the franchise. Um, you know, Buffy the the Alien Slayer, but it's <laughs> it's something that I think is uh, again perhaps a little bit of wasted potential, but it feels oddly enough it feels a little bit more focused than Alien Three does, uh, which is probably because of some of what was happening behind the scenes. It was a bit more focused. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, as much as I would say about it is that I think it's, if somebody were to say, Hey, so should I watch alien three or should I watch alien resurrection? Here's what I would actually say. I would say, read what happens in alien three and watch alien resurrection. If you're only going to watch one, okay. uh, that, yeah. that might not be in a popular opinion, but I'd say if you're only going to watch one of those, then briefly read what happens in alien three. So you're not confused yeah. and watch alien resurrection. The better, the better watch viewing experience, the more fun and interesting viewing experience yes. is probably an alien resurrection. I would agree. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, although yeah. I think I like the themes personally in, in alien three better mm. uh, yeah. again, again, yeah, every, it just harkens back to what Blake said. It just, it needed, it needed to be fine tuned better and, and, yeah. it, and it could have been really yeah. great, um, but it wasn't. And so because of that, you know, your popcorn version of, I just, I just, I I was shaking my head the whole time I was watching it. I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I have, you know, Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. I put like three stars a piece because they're, they're fine. They're, they're good. I I don't mind watching them. 
Um, and you just like movies, Aaron. Like you like movies, right? That's true. <laughs> my my like my one is a three. So I know. Um, <laughs> so take that for what you will. I don't um, want them to feel bad. So three and a half. Yeah. So <laughs> because... afraid gonna hurt the movie's feelings. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you guys are. You guys have a hard stop. So I'm. I'm trying to to get through these. Oh, yes. Um. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna briefly say this because this is a this is a different differing opinion we have. But I enjoy avp alien versus predator for me is my fourth best alien film that comes after prometheus um but before aliens three four requiem i am not even going to give the time of day i think that is one of the worst films i've ever seen much less the worst alien film it is despicable it is gross i do not know why some of the choices in that film exist um thematically even just the the ideas of what's going on and i mean i guess it's sort of interesting in a way I, it's terrible it's just so bad um but alien versus predator reed i know you disagree with me i don't know <laughs> I why do. but here's here is <laughs> what i'm going to tell you i had this argument on facebook earlier today with someone and i was trying to explain that i don't have any love for the human actors and the humans in this story what I love about AVP is the way in which these universes were tied together. The idea that this incredibly advanced technological race of super aliens, these predators, have this alien and that they use it as a sport, that they hunt it, that it is a it is a coming of age tale of these these predators that are I mean, Earth is nothing more than just a playground at this point. Like we're a wilderness that just happens to get unlucky enough to be used for this sport. And what I enjoy is watching the predator and aliens interaction, these two species that have been at battle fighting, trying to outwit each other, and the humans are just caught in the middle. I, I could watch this movie without any humans in it. And enjoy it probably even more. Um, and so that's what I love about it. I love the tech in it, um, the the way that these these two, these two different these. I don't know. I just I just love it. I guess I guess I like predators, and uh, I I really dig the way that the predators are trying to earn their stripes by hunting the aliens. Um, I, I don't I don't consider it as much canon. Like I take it out and I put it on the side and I watch it as its own thing. And I really, I really love it. But that—that's my piece. I know I'm in the minority, and I don't care. It doesn't hurt my feelings. But, <laughs> but go ahead, real quickly, and tell me why I'm wrong. Well, okay. So I'm just going to be very brief, and it, this is a little bit of a cop out, which is why I'm going to keep it really brief. I would probably be a lot more fond of AVP if I had not seen Freddy versus Jason first. So in this whole monster mashup film, you know, franchises colliding. Freddy vs. Jason kind of got there first. I mean, if we're really going to be honest about it, the Godzilla movies got there first. But these are all kind of Godzilla films. You know, they, they were in the Godzilla franchise. Freddy vs. Jason was the first time in my recollection where you had two independent franchises that were colliding as, as monsters. You know, you didn't have this whole sequence of independent Mothra movies, and then you get to see Godzilla fight Mothra. You, Freddy vs. Jason, it threw them together. AVP very much tried to capitalize on that model. There would be no AVP if not for Freddy vs. Jason. And as a result, they failed to follow the formula. And that's this. I don't care about the, the humans either. You don't care about the humans in Freddy vs. Jason. They're, they're fodder. They're, they're kindling on the fire. But you see so much more of Freddy vs. Jason. In Freddy vs. Jason, it's a 90-minute movie. Their fight is 44 minutes. 
their fight, Freddy versus Jason's fight, is 44 minutes long. It is half the movie. How? And in, a- and in AVP, I-, I didn't do the math, but I bet the runtime on their actual interactions with each other, when they're not like hiding in shadow or setting something up plot-wise, their actual fight is probably like 10, 15 minutes. No, you're maybe. right. It's not enough, that's for sure. And I mean, like, and that's why I would probably be more fond of it if I hadn't seen what that kind of thing is supposed to be. I mean, Kong Skull Island recently did the same thing where it's like, hey, you you showed up to see King Kong. We're going to show you a whole bunch of King Kong. I'm like, that's fantastic. That's what I paid my money for. And Freddy versus Jason is the same bit. I was like, I want to see a big, long fight for them. And you sure do like a 44 minute fight that goes back and forth and twists and turns and everything. And the humans are just around going, oh my God, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> and if I had gotten more of that in AVP, I think I would probably be a lot more um, fond of it if they had just, give me more Alien versus Predator. I know they're both in there. Like, show it to me more. Let them fight. Let them have the upper hand. Show me big monsters fighting. I love it, you know? I think I, I, think I would have been pleased a lot more simply than Reed even, in the sense that I really just feel like if if there's a if there's a creature from these two franchises that's going to be the smartest one of the bunch, it's going to be the alien. Mm, yeah. And to 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 think that the predators are the ones who are uh, who have these aliens that that they hunt uh, to uh, to get their training wheels. Uh, <laughs> I I find <laughs> I find in a one on one battle, alien wins every single time. No, so I, I, no, you're not oh, giving enough easily. respect to the predators. Easily. Okay. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My podcast, like, shut my up. Show, you no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, I will say this. I have not, so I don't have a history. So I'm going to ask this question. Can I get the same or at least a similar experience out of watching Freddy versus Jason, even though I haven't really, I don't have the history with those two series? Or I do think I need his- to build? I think the history helps. But okay. I think if you went into it and you just know, hey, these are longstanding horror villains maybe read up a little bit on some of the lore okay. or some of the iconography. Freddy vs. Jason just understands what it's trying to be. It just okay. it doesn't try to be anything else. It just very... I, I made the joke uh, on... And it's actually something that uh, uh, our mutual friend Tyler Smith has said before where he's like, look, the greatest directors of all time, like Orson Welles, Alfred Hitchcock, the greatest directors of all time could not make Freddy vs. Jason any better than it actually is. Like it is, it is perfect. Yeah, I as saw that it comment. Is. I, I, it's, okay. Well, I'm going to commit then because I need to watch that. I need to check it out uh, oh, for some to, comparison. I do too. I've just heard about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it's so, so much. It's so like, much fun. Like I said, I haven't I, I haven't seen all of the franchise films of either of those of those franchises. So I'm you I'm gonna wait till I get a chance to really dig into all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a yeah. completist read. Look at oh, me. I Look get, at me. Hey, this I'm is with the you. face of a completist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. You're in for some fun. Oh yeah, no doubt. All right, so we got one left, and that's Prometheus. Um divisive film. This is the most mm-hmm. recent yes. one, the that's prequel. Right. So, and this is the one that's going to supposedly be tied together with Alien Covenant coming forward. Um, it's going to take us from, from Prometheus to Alien Covenant and then into the events of Alien. So, yep. Blake, st- mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Prometheus? And, uh, you know, lead, do this. Let's, let's do kind of a, a Prometheus slash how does it make you feel about Alien Covenant coming up wrap up points? Okay, so I I was already I was kind of already in the phase of my Ridley Scott um, dislike whenever Prometheus was announced and came out. Um, I think there were elements of it that that were 
worthy of worthy of being filmed and, and and explored. I just don't think he did it with the same um, veracity and the same vision uh, that Alien had, which I wouldn't expect completely because he's a different person than he was, you know, back in '79. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna expect the same film. Uh, just going back further uh, from him, but I feel like this was a little too slick. It was a little too. Um, there just there just wasn't enough um, cohesiveness between the characters for me to really care if they survived. I cared if Idris Elba survived, but yeah, that's because Idris Elba should never die in anything. <laughs> hey, he does it on his own terms, man. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So if he's gonna do it, okay, I I, I can dig that. So um, now I so. My biggest complaint, I, I think, at the end of the day, like I don't really care for the the plot or the the narrative. I don't really care for the slickness of the visual style uh, that he was going for there. Uh, my biggest problem is that they have Michael Fassbender, they have Charlize Theron, they have Idris Elba, they have this terrific cast, and I feel like whoever he got, if unless it was him, and I I don't know if it was him who wrote the dialogue and wrote the script. Whoever wrote the script botched it because these people had nothing to work with. Like Fastbender was the most interesting, but Fastbender was trying was playing AI. So like he could pull it off himself. Like he could have not a line in the movie. And as long as he has good facial expressions, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could do it. Yeah. Like, he's, he's talented. He, he, he is a great actor. And so I just felt like, they played up a lot of stereotypes within the scope of Theron and, and Elba and uh, Numi Rapace and all these people that didn't need to be there. Like there was a lot of room that they could have played with um, just stereotypes. Like go back and look at Alien and kind of turn some of those ideas on their head and then bring it around to kind of the, I'll tell you, my favorite part of the film is the last 15 seconds. <laughs> when the alien emerges <laughs> the out only of the time body. We, it's the like, only alien we see. Yeah. Like, official alien. Because, yeah. And and I think it's 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 a sign of the script and, and, and just the, the plotting of the narrative that I just did not believe it earned that. And I did not really believe the mythology. I didn't really... I just couldn't buy into it. And, and I think, for me, that was the biggest problem. Um, I think there were, like I said, there were elements of it I liked. I liked the cast. Um, so Alien Covenant, looking at it, I th- I'm not going to lie, the love boat situation has me a little rolling of my eyes uh, going on there. Um, Danny McBride, I love the guy. Not sure he's alien material. I can't really tell. Um, he could pull it off. Um, I've seen comedians do it before. So, um I'm excited to see aliens again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so if they do that and they don't over CGI things and they, they keep it fairly simple, um, which I have my doubts seeing some of the previews. um, I think I could be really relatively surprised by the film, but as we speak, knowing how little I've liked Scott's films since, Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the last film I just truly loved by him, and it's been a while. Um, I, I, I'm a little hesitant. Um, I will go see it, um, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, because 
uh, I am hooked on the series and I will see them all, uh, no matter how horrible they get. And so <laughs> that's that, that's kind of where I stand. Um, if anything, Adrisalba saves the day as usual. So all right, yes. <laughs> uh, Read Prometheus yes. and lead into Covenant. What are your thoughts? All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep this pretty brief. So uh, I think Prometheus, hearkening back to earlier in this conversation on this podcast, so um, I we, we banted a little bit about how Alien is really a horror film and Aliens is really an action film. Here's the thing. Here's the first sort of big problem or or compliment to Prometheus. Prometheus is a science fiction film. It's about ideas and it's about um, exploring what why these creatures exist in the first place and what their what their purpose or or their function could be that's about ideas it's not just a monster trying to get you or a horde of monsters need to be stopped like it's it's very much about these kind of ideas and i think the audience really wasn't ready for that i don't think they were ready for it to turn that hard into pure sci-fi um for this franchise and i think that's one thing that goes up against it i also think to blake's point that the film doesn't fully commit to that I think I don't know if it was something initially Prometheus was not being promoted as an alien film. It was being promoted as just a science fiction film uh, by Ridley Scott. Rumors crept out that it was alien, you know, and so then suddenly they're scrambling to do rewrites and they're scrambling to do reshoots. And now we got to do something. We got to make it an alien movie. And I think maybe they just should have committed a bit more to we're making a science fiction film that happens to be set in this universe. I'm not going to spoil. I hate tangential spoilers but you both will know what i'm talking about so we recently saw uh, a recent film by m night Shyamalan that had a nice little uh, surprise in it shall yes. we just say mm-hmm. so sure. so uh hopefully i haven't said too much but i will say this about alien that if prometheus had been that level of surprise i wonder if reception towards it might have shifted and might have been like whoa this we didn't realize yeah. that this was this we didn't mm-hmm. think that this was, but as a, as it was, almost everybody buying their ticket for Prometheus wanted another Alien movie. Didn't get another Alien movie. Got something dramatically different, and I think that's part of the the uh, distaste towards the film. I think that fuels a lot of it. Is that it suffers from that expectation. Um, again, that's alternate universe. We don't know if it would have gone differently had that been a bigger surprise. But I just know that it wasn't, and I know that the film suffers for having not been. That having been said, that's why you get the flipping xenomorph pounding on the spaceship shuttle in the trailer for alien covenant. They're like, it's an alien movie, everybody. We know it's a big alien movie. Um, but alien covenant looks like it could be really, really good. If they, you know, it, 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 in, in the scenario I just played out for you, if they approached alien covenant, like we're going to make another monster movie or we're going to make another action movie, or we're going to, you know, if they, if they stopped muddying the waters and if they just said, we're going to make this film and we're going to commit to making this type of film, it could be great. They, I mean, it could, it could be really great if they just go for the horror or go for the action because the Alien franchise has shown us that it's kind of a template where you can play with those different genres. And as long as you commit to those genres, you're going to produce a pretty good film. And so Alien Covenant, I'm rooting for it. I hope that uh, whether it's horror, action, whatever, I'm kind of going in with my expectations a bit uh, blank slated and just mm-hmm. let's see what it gives me. Let's see sure. what we what, what we have to work with. And uh, and hopefully that'll be something that we can walk away and feel feel really good about. Man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I wish I could go in with <laughs> with blank expectations. Um, yeah. Expectations. Patrick and I talk about it on our show a lot, how expectations are 
just a killer. Uh, it, it's hard, so hard to not have them, and they can completely alter your your experience with a film. Um, at least the first time you see it. Usually, if you go back a second time, you can watch it detached from them. Right. And films may right. be better, may be worse. Passengers, perfect example for me personally. I, you know, first time I watched it, I was kind of lukewarm on it. It's like okay, because it wasn't wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. But then in future viewings, I watched it knowing what it was and, and became to, you know more appreciative of it. But I had that happen too. Um, for, for Prometheus, for me, I really love it. And I watched it again today. And I mean, I, ooh, so it's, it's a solid four stars for me. And I, I wavered on ooh. moving it up one. And wow. it's okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I will agree though with the criticisms. Yeah. yeah. I just mm-hmm. adore real yeah. science fiction. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, like you said, yeah. the theological stuff going on here, the constant tug at Numi Rapace's or Rapace, I don't know how you say her last name. Um, but I think uh, it's Rapace. Uh, Numi Rapace's character's, uh, you know, battle of, of, of her faith that she grew up with versus needing this, this desire and need to understand where our creators came from or what our, why or why we were created. Um, I mean, I resonate with this film on a wholly theological level that, that is nothing like any of the other alien series. And I understand not every, I mean, you, you two will have the same type of understanding, but not everyone listening may have that same reaction. But for me, it is, it is extremely powerful. And then on the flip side of that, you have, you know, Fassbender's Android is David. That is just, it is so tragic in that, he is constantly being made fun of and berated as this lesser than creature, as this non alive thing. He's, I mean, to his face, he's just made fun of. And you see this really affecting him. Um, at, you know, the whole film, I love watching how much he effort he puts into being human. He acts, tries to act human by exercising and doing things that humans do. He doesn't need to do these things, but he does them anyway. And um, so those aspects of the film, him wanting, I love the times when he speaks and he says things like, you know, what, 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 how would you talk to your creator? What if your creator just, just tossed you aside, you know, and, and he's making that connection that, Hey, you're doing the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how can you get mad about this? Those aspects of it elevate it for me. Um, and then I just enjoy the fact that there's a little bit of horror involved, but I agree I enjoy it because it's a science fiction film. I don't enjoy right. it because it's an aliens film. Um, mm. And I'm with you, Blake, the last 15, I had forgotten about it. Honestly, when I rewatched mm-hmm. the film, this most recent time I had forgotten that existed and I was getting up and walking around the house and I kind of glanced at the TV and noticed the credits were no longer on. And then that happened again. And I, I almost like re-experienced it for the first time. And I just got mm-hmm. all giddy and realized Man, I want a perfect blend of the sci-fi ideas with the aliens. But is it? Can can we all just just agree on this one point that uh, that Fassbender is no Lance Hendrickson? (laughs) I'll agree. I'll agree. Man, I love Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, his face looks like it's been plowed. That's great. <laughs> he is he is very pretty. Fastbender is is very very pretty. Um but yeah, no, I so I really I really dig Prometheus. Um but you know, I'm excited about Alien Covenant. I'm really through the roof about it because it looks the most like Alien potentially that we've had. Um you know, I've watched a couple of trailers and and have been kind of half watching them through my hands, trying hard not to see anything that I don't want to see. I've seen the alien banging its head on the end of the spaceship and, 
you know, but that, that concept, that idea, something like that kind of horror, I'm ready for that. Um, I'm ready for that in the alien world. And I love the atmospheric part of the trailers where they're, they're arriving and they're talking about, Hey, you know, do you hear that? And they're like, what? It's like nothing <laughs> like that kind of atmosphere building. I'm ready for that to come back again too. And then, and then the community, the way we start off with just getting to know each other. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful. I, I like the cast and you will see, we'll see. I mean, there's, it, it's hard when expectations exist and, you know, Ridley, had this happen with Prometheus and now he's going to have it again. You, you yeah. can't, you can't make the same film that you would normally have wanted to make because you're trying to meet those expectations. You can't please everybody and we'll, we'll see how it turns out, but I'm, I'm very hopeful for this one. Yeah. Well guys, Agreed. I appreciate you being here. This has been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I was, I was looking forward to this for a long time. I can't wait to have us all back together again with Jr as long as he uh, hasn't been eaten by an alien. And, we won't split uh, up this time. We won't, we won't sp- split up. Yeah, we'll do, it, we'll do it better, right? We'll learn from our horror movie trope mistakes. Uh, <laughs> and maybe maybe we'll uh, have, have a, a whole foursome together for our Alien Covenant discussion after that film releases. Uh, but you guys, tell everybody where they can find you online, because you guys both do awesome stuff. You are my go-to horror guys. I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, personally so if you if if anybody anybody listening out there enjoys horror at all any aspect of the genre and that could be gore horror that could be psychological horror these guys really know their stuff and cover it all so read um of course you're taking a drink as i pick you but why don't you tell (laughs) us um tell everybody where they can find you and what you do out there yeah, no problem. Uh, just real briefly, I am uh, one of uh, two hosts of The Fear of God, which is a podcast that looks at the horror genre through the lens of faith, specifically the Christian faith. So you can find us. Um, the Fear of God Twitter is just at The Fear of God. You can follow me directly at Reed Lackey uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find a lot of the articles that I've written over on morethanonelesson.com. That's all one word, morethanonelesson.com. Uh, and on Facebook, I'm just Reed Lackey. Um, if you're checking out our show, Fear of God, uh, and it, you're at all an M. Night Shyamalan fan, which I know Blake is a is a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan, right? Right, Blake? Right? <laughs> but um, currently in the middle of a series called Springtime for Shyamalan, where we're covering uh, five of his films in a deep dive, and then his whole career sort of in broad strokes. Um, but we've had a lot of fun with that, and we would love to have you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, what about you, Blake? Where can people find your stuff? I know you just started up your podcast again. Um, yes. Where's that one at? We've we've been reanimated. Uh, we are now part of the real real world theology group of podcasts. Uh, we are on our first and second episode. Uh, the first episode is just introduction, uh, kind of what we're going to do with the podcast. The second one is on Get Out. Uh, it is not fitting the normal format for the podcast. We're actually going to try to do a new horror release tied with a older horror film that shares a thematic uh, similarity. And so uh, we've got some, uh, we've got a big one coming up, uh, more obscure uh, selections coming up on uh, at the end of this month. And then we'll, uh, we'll get into some uh, heavier stuff, uh, a little bit more well-known. Um, so you can find us at the body, of the blood. Uh, it is, there's no, and it's just a line in between the body, of the blood. Uh, and, and you can go to real world theology. You can find us there. We'll, we'll post, uh, on the day that it comes out, which is the last day of each month. And then you can find me on Twitter at Blake. I call your C O L L I E R, uh, the same thing on, uh, Facebook. And 
you can uh, find anything, all of my writing, all of my podcast uh, links and everything like that over at my website, BlakeIcallYour.com. Great. So how many podcasts on Get Out does this make for you, by the way? Uh, four or five, I think. Four or five, That's yeah. So, so Blake is a <laughs> Including big... writing an article about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we were I think we were the first here at Feeling Film. I think we got and, you We got you first. Yeah, you so. did. Woot! You did. And, and and I may be doing an academic piece on it here before too long. We'll oh, see. that's awesome! Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to that. Um, and your thoughts on that? It sounds like I, l- I really love the concept too of the tying an older horror release with a newer one because for someone like me who's a more recent fan of the genre, um, that will help me discover older films. That's something I, I love about what Reed and Nathan have done at the Fear of God as well. Is have they kind of gone about by blending newer stuff with some old stuff that I I would never have even given the you know time of day um, but it's it's given me a reason to seek those films out and um, experience them for the first time so that's great yeah. I love that I love well, that concept a, just a couple of real quick things I'm uh, I'm gonna up uh, the fear of God because the uh, springtime for Shyamalan has been quite good and oh, I actually I actually am a Shyamalan fan I just uh, have not as been as big of a fan of the last uh, couple he's put out so um yeah, I, and and I also want to say that you know our idea for the podcast is is nothing new. It's it's basically the next picture shows format, <laughs> except we're just doing all horror instead of uh, any kind of film. Uh, I, I was intentionally you know. not making the connection out loud. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> uh, we 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 are we're well aware that that's the connection. I think everyone is, so we're very upfront about it. We're just tying it in to horror specifically so <laughs> that's awesome if, if you're gonna aspire to copy an amazing format uh to to yeah. do i i love the next picture show so there, there's a plug for them as well i know blake and i both are big fans of uh all those guys there at the uh yeah. at that podcast and, and the work that they did in the past as well so yeah with with the dissolve rest with in the peace. dissolve yeah for sure <laughs> but the well, body and the blood is the body the blood is a lot of fun these guys i mean Blake has to calm Andy down quite a bit, but yeah. the body of the blood is a lot of fun. You should check them out. You absolutely should. All right. Well, before these guys just go on praising each other, uh, we will wrap that up. Um, <laughs> We're fans. We're fans of each other. It's how it works. This is a pretty hey, decent hey, I'm, podcast. I'm up read on this one and, and say, uh, oh, no. I- yeah, you should really check out Feeling Film. There right? we go. It's, there we go. Yeah, bring the love, guys. Yeah. Bring the love. Yeah, so if you would like to contact myself uh, or our show, you can reach me personally at Aaron L. White, A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E uh, on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook using that same thing. Um, you can find me in our Facebook group. We have a Feeling Film Facebook group that's pretty active and, and lots of conversation going on there. Uh, com is the website. Uh, type in feel and film in Google and you'll find all of our stuff. Um, we'd love to have any conversations with you and find out what you think about uh, this. Otherwise stay tuned for uh, future episodes coming, especially our alien covenant one that we are very much looking forward to. Hopefully that will be a lot of fun because we all walk out of it super and, you know, excited and, and having enjoyed it and all just pumping our fists sailing alien is back. Uh, that's, that's, that's the, the ideal scenario. Uh, but until then, As we always say on our show, stay positive and keep feeling film.